When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it's Mom Taraj, the podcast about being a mom that thinks that most mom stuff is super boring. So we created our own posse. I'm Ashley. And I'm Carrie. And we are ready to walk you down the red carpet of motherhood. Hi, everybody. Hi, guys. Happy Wednesday. Hey, guess what? We have Jim Carrey on today's show. What? We have Jim Carrey. I wanted to say Jim motherfucking Carrey. That's what I wanted to say, too. Guys, he, like, doesn't do interviews. This is so big. We thought Kristen Bell was big, and Kristen Bell is big. But, like, Jim Carrey. We also have other people from Sonic 2 also, and we are equally as happy about. Yes. Holy moly. I've had a haircut in the past where I look like him in Dumb and Dumber. Should I lead with that? Probably not. Yeah, why not? I mean, that's Matt's favorite movie of all time. Oh my God, so good. Anyway, we have a amazing episode. It's going to be just a crazy ride, guys. It's going to be a ride. We have Jim Carrey. We've got beautiful James Marsden. Gorgeous. We've got Ben Schwartz and we've got Tika Sumter. They're all here to promote Sonic the Hedgehog 2, which is in theaters this Friday, April 8th. And Carrie and I have already seen it. It was very enjoyable. Your kids are going to love it. It's entertaining for adults. And the eye candy is just Oof, so limitless. Good. So good. We also have Shamar Moore in there. He's We're not interviewing him because he's too busy working out, probably. Right. Gorgeous. Shamar Moore's in the movie. The voice of Idris Elba, which really that's all you need at this point. Oh my gosh. The voice aids in the visual. Do you think Idris Elba talked like that when he was a little boy? Like at six years old, he's like, hey. Like that's the voice. I hope so. I hope so. Truly. Then we're serving up some hot piping goss because we are recording this the day after the Oscars. And let me tell you, we have a lot to say. I have so much. I need an uninterrupted like three minutes to talk about Will Smith. Okay. I need to interrupt. As always, we have hashtag swag bag. But up next, take it away, child. The tits and the shits. All right. Ashley. Yes. What's your tits and shits? Okay. Well, my tits. My tits are, we had like a jam packed fun weekend you and I. We really did. Yeah. So it was almost like before times. It was. And honestly, I think it was a little too much for me because I'm not the same person I was pre not having a social life. You flew too close to the sun and now you're burned. Far too close. I am still burnt. But for Carrie's birthday, we went out with Danny. I said that weird. Uh, Danny? Luxury French? Because everyone else calls her Danielle. I'm like the only person in her life that still calls her Danny. I call her Danny. Yeah. I think once she graduated from college she like went with the more adult name but for me she's always Danny and because I know her through you she will also only be Danny to me yeah so we had dinner with Danny who lives close to Carrie and you guys have a beautiful budding friendship yourselves I know love it this has been my friend since I was 19 years old I think that was lovely and then the next day we had her son's third birthday party which you 
were also at and was so much fun. We have our first photo of Sebastian, Luna, and Joey all together. I haven't seen that. So you oh, you have it? it? I'll send mm-hmm. it to you. Thanks. So those are my tits. It was really fun. I drank too much on Friday because what I'm learning is I don't know how to go out anymore. I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm out. I'm making the most of this. And then, like Carrie said, I flew too close to the sun. It's because it happens so rarely now that when we yes. do it, we feel like it's going to be the last time it's ever done. Yes. And I also like mixed alcohols. It was amateur hour on my part, but that's okay. I had a blast and it's Monday and I think I'm still kind of fuzzy from it. I spent all day in bed yesterday. I feel like you would have done that anyway, though. I totally would have, but like... You are a girl that likes to rejuvenate an entire day in the boudoir. 100%. It is my favorite place to be. I am Sonia Morgan and Jill Zarin rolled into one. Perfect. What's not to love? My shits are... Remember when we were on Scary Mommy and we had like, I think it was a child psychologist on the show. And one of the questions was, how do you know when it's no longer appropriate to be naked in front of your child? Right. And she said, when your child starts asking for privacy, they're going to give you the cues. Right. So this is what I've been on the lookout for. Sebastian's saying, I want privacy, which we discussed that he needs poop privacy. Mm -hmm. But nudity has not been a thing. Like he comes running out naked and dances. And I'm just like, I mean, I've seen him naked. So I, I know it's not like that big of a deal. No, it's not. But all of a sudden, he's like really into my boobs again. Like really into my boobs, like kissing them. And I'm always like, I don't like that. Mm -hmm. And for a number of reasons, which I've stated on the show, I feel responsibility in raising a boy. One of which is men need to know it's not okay to just grab a woman. Mm -hmm. That is not acceptable in life. And this is from a woman who has always just like smacked guys on the ass as a joke and been like, you know, I feel like it's retribution. It's not okay. I now know it's not okay, but it was something I always did. We live, we learn. We adjust. You know, and we grow as people. Also, things that are not okay now were okay back at a certain point, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Anyway, he's been doing this with my boobs. I keep telling him no. Then he started pulling my boob out. I have like a jammy that's kind of loose and he would just like pull my boob out. And I was like, you cannot do that. I don't touch your penis. You don't get to just touch me on my private parts because you feel like it. And he was like, well, you can touch my penis. And I was like, no, I don't want to touch your penis. Thank you, but... I have no reason to touch your penis unless you need help cleaning yourself or there's like a poopy situation or something, something weird. I have no reason to be touching your penis, as does nobody else. Right. And he was like, but I like when you touch my penis. And I was like, oh, okay, we're not doing this. I think that was my sign. Oh, and then he proceeded to tell me that he likes to watch me change because he gets to see my boobies. So I'm no longer nude in front of my child, which is kind of an adjustment because he's always around. I never really thought about Mm -hmm. this. Like, he's always around. How do I get that time? to myself. Although he didn't tell me he needs privacy. He told you without telling you. Yeah, he told me in a different way. So, A, I'm proud of myself for, like, doing what the child leader person told me to do, but figuring it out in my own way. It feels really weird to know that my kid just loves staring at my boobs. I know he's a little boy. It's not really anything, but it's just weird. he's a boob man. No, he's an ass man, honestly. He loves smacking my mom's ass. (laughs) Loves it. And how does Trix feel about that? Yeah, she thinks it's funny. She doesn't care. And Honestly, I wouldn't care if we smack my ass either. It's like we play like bongo drums on the butt. You know, like right. that's wholesome family fun. He isn't like slapping Trix's ass and going juicy. Right. No, no. But he is saying, I love your butt, Twix. It is what it is. Trix does have a nice butt. She's got a great ass. She's always had a great ass. Good job, Trix. But yeah, he's also having some behavioral issues at school that I got a call from 
his teacher about. And his teacher was like honestly perplexed. He was like, I, I'm not really sure what to do. I'm not used to this from Sebastian. And I just had to say like, yeah, he's doing the same thing at home. And honestly, I got to tell you, I don't really know what to do either. But yeah. I want to work with you. I know it's unacceptable. We talked to him about it. So we're going with the reward system. Right. Today's day one. We'll see how it works. I don't know. All right. What about you, friend? My birthday was so fun. Thank you, guys. You know, it's been weird trying to celebrate birthdays in the pandemic. We haven't really been doing it. So it's just nice to kind of do it again, even if it's in a limited engagement type of way, you know? Yes. And then I'm also just, Luna and I have been doing good lately. Again, I dare, we always talk about this. Don't even say it. It's too late now. The words already came out. I know. follow through, I guess. She's just been working through scenarios. Like, you know how like when you like reprimand a kid or you're trying to teach a concept or whatever? Yeah. For me, at least with Luna, she then like play acts it out. That's how she's like processing it. Right. So we've been working on like please and thank you and excuse me and like what's rude and what's not rude. And so yesterday I was tilling the garden. As one does. As one does. And Lee was on one side and she was like going to help him. And it's the longest time she's helped us outside in the garden because normally she gets bored really easily. It was really cool just to see her. In it. Yeah. And also just like making her own fun and not needing us the whole entire time, which is a new thing. So she was like, the boys over here, because we had another friend that was helping us who was a boy, a man. The boys over here are making a mess and the girls are trying to sew the leg. And I was like, okay. And she's like, I'm going to go say, that's not nice. That's being rude. But there's a better way to say it. So I'm going to say please and thank you. And then she was just going back and forth and like play acting this big drama about the boys and the girls and sowing the seeds and please and thank you. And I was just like, this is so funny. Like... She's purposely like telling on them and then acting like a gossip. And she's like putting on airs about it. Like she knows that it's not really her. You know, it was really funny. Get ready for a life in theater with that one. Probably with mine too, in all honesty. But yours is even more theatrical than mine. She actually said when we came home from the birthday party, Danny's son's birthday party, we were putting away like the goodie bag stuff. Yeah. And one of the things was a lollipop. And Lee's like, where do we keep the lollipops? First of all, that's a joke because he steals lollipops all the time. He knows. Oh, I was going to say, you guys don't ever have candy in your house. No, we have lollipops and he knows where they are because he eats half of them. So that was like a funny question that he should ask me. Like when he asked me where the spatula was and I was like, the same place it's been since day one, sir. It's right next to the washing machine, bitch. So then Luna comes in and she goes, speaking of lollipops. And I was like, was that a segue? Does my kid know how to segue already? My shits are that my nose still feels a little weird and I'm still snoring. So I'm wondering if it cured the snoring or if we're in a very swollen period or I don't know. My shits are that we still have to talk about your nose. Oh, Up next, the cast of Sonic 2. Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Ben Schwartz, and Tika Sumter. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Next up, some of the cast of Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Jim Carrey, James Marsden, Ben Schwartz, Tika Sumter, and Natasha Rothwell. 
Jim Carrey. Good name, Entourage. Thank you. Really got to get together and wrangle these kids. They're on TikTok. They're losing their minds. <laughs> oh, the tickety tockety is the Tic Tacs. I know. They're all over the place, these kids these days, but ours are too young for that. We'll never catch up to them. No, <laughs> we just keep getting older. My daughter, she was 11 years old and the whole I aming thing came into view and I had no idea what was going on and she became like a super spy. She was crawling out the window in the middle of the night and meeting people and I mean, it was crazy. It's like unbelievable. I am names are always embarrassing. They're like drooping orchid seven. And you're like, I'm not that girl anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, this is malleable. This whole thing is very malleable. You are such a truly incredible actor. You're complex. You have the ability to nail like very straightforward comedic roles. And then you've taken on these really dark, heavy roles like Kidding, which is one of my personal favorites, uh, Eternal Sunshine. And you still manage to find levity in these characters characters. So as you approach Dr. Robotnik, what choices did you make with his character on the good versus evil spectrum? Well, I wanted him to be the ultimate megalomaniac. We've seen a lot of malignant narcissism cropping up in our world lately. And I wanted him to be a personification of that. Somebody who gets so big and gets so much power to go along with this incredible intellect that he becomes like a demigod, an evil 3.0. And what would that entail? Of course, you have to enslave mankind. That's the first step. That's your first order of business. Check. You know, then you just have to amuse yourself by playing with form. So, you know, while I'd be walking around my apartment, I'd be thinking, what can I bring to this? What would Robotnik be doing just for fun, just to entertain himself? Because when you're a demigod, there's no one else to hang with. So I thought up things like, well, he's got to be able to move time and space. He's got to be able to take quantum leaps and show up over there suddenly. And he might just for fun, speak like a synthesizer and say, my game is next level. (laughs) You know, and stuff. And those were all just choices made by a person trying to imagine the mind of God if he had all that power, you know, and what is the reason for all of us anyway? Because I think we're only one thing. I don't think there's any separation. I think we share one soul. We share a one sorrow. We share one joy. And the illusion is that we show up as all these different forms. And we think that we're exceptional or we try to be exceptional because we think that's what's required of us. But we're all one thing. We're all just the nerve endings at the tip of God's fingers. And that's how he senses the world and that's how he plays with the world. I can't not create. If I wasn't doing movies, I'd be pointing paint on a canvas. I'd be sculpting. I'd be doing something because that's natural for us to want to create, you know? So I think that's what the game is, you know? There's no reason to wonder why. It's just got to do something. And if you were God, you'd be the same thing, whether you believe in God or not, whatever that energy is. The ocean of consciousness is creating multitude of forms and some of them come out pretty interesting. I just want to say I love all the spiritual bent that you bring into everything and I really appreciate it. It's a true honor interviewing you. Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you too. Bye-bye. Ben Schwartz and James Marsden. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Thanks for coming on. So let me start it off. James, first of all, love that sweater, by the way. Oh, thank you. Wow. You're I was going to say, you guys look so handsome. Thank you. I knitted it myself. He <laughs> knitted it all last night. I was watching him. He's like, I'm, I'm watch this. I'm going to do it amazing. So I love Sonic's dad in these films. I mean, what it really comes down to is you make your own kind of family, right? Is this something that you yourself teach your kids? And if so, how do you do it? Yeah. The first film, they were more pals. The dynamic between Sonic and Tom was 
was more buddies and on a road trip. And this time around, they're a family. And Tom is a newly minted father and maybe not prepared for it, wasn't really ready for it, everything that entailed. And on top of that, the kid's like a superhero. You know, yeah. he's got these superpowers. And how do you guide that kid? There's a nice element in this film and was there very much in the first film where it was about family, it was about connection, it was about friendship and having a place where you feel like you belong and a sort of safe place for you to feel loved. And that's not something that's lost on the director or any of us this time around. If that core is there, then we can let Sonic go and, you know, he can get into the trouble he gets into and the adventures he goes on. But he sort of feels safe to be able to do that because he has that home and that family and that's intact. And Tom is and Maddie both are trying to sort of guide him as parents now. And, and I don't think they saw that coming. But yeah, it's definitely kind of an oddball little family there trying to figure out their new dynamic. Unfortunately, my daughter is quite as messy as Sonic is in your house. So, yeah. Oh, well, that's a normal kid, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, Ben, you and I kind of started at Starveillance. I was an intern. You really? obviously were a voice actor. Yes, I was like the only intern in our team of three. That was my first ever TV voiceover role. What year was that? 2005. That's how long I've been doing. So, I've been doing it for 17 years. So, you were an intern there. How was the experience fun? Yeah, it was great. It was wonderful. I'm still doing things in that vein, but I've been following your career so closely because I remember you from that time and I remember you doing a podcast and I don't remember which one I want to say it was like Alec Baldwin did you ever do that podcast no okay it was some podcast and you were talking about how as an actor you always feel like it was around House of Lies time and you had felt like you had finally gotten there and then there's just always this cycle as an actor of jobs not jobs so can you finally firmly say like you've made it every day (laughs) I wake up, yeah. I look in the mirror. When can I, I not make it is what um, he says. First of all, thank you for following my career. You just named so many yeah. specific references that is, I was like, oh my God, she really has been. That's very kind of you. I promise I am not a stalker. It sounds like you're a stalker, but it sounds like you're like a really kind stalker. Like a, kind a little stalker. bit. Um, no, I would say I'm very bad at, like when someone recognizes me on the street, which has been happening more and more, I'm still I'm like, oh, that must be one of like the 10 people that came to a show. Like I have a trouble with realizing that type of stuff for myself, but it has been been very cool to now be in like a movie that can go to a movie theater with like James Marsden is there. I mean, he's 135 years old. I've been watching him since I've been like, you know, when we were doing Starveillance, he was doing like <laughs> Enchanted 7. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. It has been a very surreal couple months lately with like After Party and Space Force and this, but I've never, I don't think I've ever been like, <laughs> never. Have you ever been like, I did it. I made it. No, that's the actor's I, thing. I'm terrified. That's my last job. This is my last interview. Mine too. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God we're going down with you. Yeah. Okay, good. This is how it ends for me. I'm happy. Right. I feel like I'm surrounded by love, so it makes me happy. Yeah, this is a good way to go. I'm happy okay, with it. All right, this is the end of Titanic, but like all of us are on the door. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you. Tika Sumpter and Natasha Rothwell. Hey! Hi! Hi! Hello! So we'll just get right into it. You guys were incredible. We loved the movie. We know our kids are going to love the movie. Tika Marymount Manhattan College Ah. alumni. Yes. This is the only time I may have mentioned that in like, yeah, Marymount. (laughs) Anyway, back to Sonic 2. What do you feel is the deeper message of this movie? What are you guys hoping children take away from it? One, I just hope it brings a smile to their faces. I feel like they've been through so much with this pandemic. 
And then two, I think they're going to probably take away, you know, sometimes you feel like the odd man out, like you don't belong, you know, finding your tribe, finding your squad, even if you are different than others. I think that's one big message. But I also think it's about like friends who become family. Sometimes it's not just blood, it's just connection. And I think they're just going to have a really good time talking about it at school and loving one of their favorite characters and seeing this movie over and over again. Yeah, 100%. I think too, just we can't go it alone. We need help. And that's a heroic thing. And I think being able to recognize that, you know, your family is there to support you. And I think the idea of doing it yourself and, you know, I'm all bad by myself. I don't need help. I think that's such a toxic ideology that so many of us carry around with us. So for kids and families alike to see like, we need a team and we need to be proud of that team and accept that help. I think it's going to be really cool to see out in the world. Ladies, you both are so accomplished and have had such incredible resumes in the industry. Tika, you're a mother. And Natasha, according to my research, I could be wrong, you are not a mother. I have a dog named Lloyd Dobler. <laughs> and I'm very proud. Yes. And she has a niece and nephew. Niece and nephew, Talia and Micah. Also, best name for a dog, by the way. I mean, I'm a child of the 80s. It was either that or Ducky. And my niece was just like, why would you name a dog a duck? Have you ever had shade from a 13-year-old? It's really rough. I have shade from my three-year-old and that's even worse. Let me tell you. <laughs> what are both of your opinions on how that has or has not affected your career? Either, you know, being a woman in Hollywood, being a parent in the industry, being a dog parent in the industry as well. Like, how do you feel like all of these things, women of color, how do you feel like all of these things have affected you in the industry? To be honest, it's just now in the last few years become accepted and cool and whatever to like bring your child out. Because I remember being like, oh my God, what if I get pregnant? Like, I got to kind of hide this thing. You know what I mean? Like, it was definitely walking the rope and people seeing you in a certain way. But now it's like, oh, everybody's kind of come out of the woodworks. Like, hey, this is me. This is part of my life. And it's not a bad thing. Like, it's not like I can't play this role or go to this place or fly here. It just might take a little extra work. That's not a bad thing. And so I think everybody has agreed that cool family is okay. Yeah. Like (laughs) it's a part of life. It's a part of life. But for a long time, it was kind of like one of those things you don't talk about. For the record, we were going to ask the men this question as well, but we ran out of time with them. So just so you know, we are equal opportunity about how this has affected both men and women. Oh, girl, it's fine. <laughs> and also, Ashley and I came into a second part of our career after we became moms. So it's all it's all evolving, always. Yes, all of it. Thank you, guys. Thank you, ladies, so much. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. So true story, Ashley, I used to babysit at this one kid's house. I was babysitting him, but it was truly so that I could play Sonic the Hedgehog because they had a Sega game system and I didn't. And I just would babysit and play video games. Well, funny you should say that. Sonic 2 is in theaters this Friday, April 8th. Okay, hot goss, the Oscars. Let's talk about, do we get to the meat and potatoes or do we talk dresses and clothes? Let's get right to the meat and potatoes right away. Okay. I feel like this is such a passion for me because you know my miscalling, like yours is advertising, mine is crisis management PR. Yes. (laughs) Look, you've been living under a rock if by now, a week and a half later, you haven't seen footage of what happened between Will Smith and Chris Rock. But let's say- I'm going to say it's 100% real. It was not staged. 100% 
100% real. It was not safe. I wasn't even watching the Oscars. I was watching Scream on Paramount. I don't mean to tie in Paramount for Sonic again, but that's the truth of my reality. I was watching the new Scream movie, which, by the way, I do recommend for everybody. If you loved the originals, it's very true to that. Fun, silly, whatever. Awesome. And my parents called, and it was like 1030 at night, and I was like, I looked at it, and I was like, I'm not going to answer that. It's too late. And then they called again, and I was like, fuck, someone's having a heart attack three hours away from me. And it's Chris Rock. (laughs) I picked up, and my dad was like, are you watching the Oscars? And I said, no. And he goes, Will Smith just punched Chris Rock. And I was like, huh? He goes, yeah. And then he's like FaceTiming, rewinding it on his TV, and I was like, holy shit. And you know, it was the bleeped out version. Since then, we know that what happened was Chris Rock, who, by the way, outside of Adam Sandler, is my favorite comedian. Yeah. I love it. Bigger and Blacker is the greatest stand-up special ever. Yes, coming from a white girl. It's okay. Did I ever tell you the time Chris Rock yelled at my stepmom? Yes, you did, which is really funny. He used to work out at my old gym in Inglewood. So he is presenting as a paid presenter, as somebody who does this, who has been commissioned by ABC and Disney to do this. And he makes a joke about Jada Pinkett looking like G.I. Jane. Right. Which, personally, I don't find offensive. What I ascertain from this situation is because she has been open about her struggle with alopecia, she felt very sensitive about it, which we can all identify. We all have our thing, right? But I don't really think he was, like, being mean. If anything, if someone called me G.I. Jane, I would be like, fuck yeah, I'm G.I. Jane. She was wearing that green dress. You know, like, I didn't take it as, like, the worst joke. May we all be Demi more overly obsessed with our bodies and look that good. And look amazing with a shaved head. Like, yes, agreed. Anyway, they show Will Smith and Jada Pinkett. Will Smith is kind of laughing. Then you see Jada Pinkett's face and she does not look happy. Chris Rock continues to speak and the next thing you know, Will Smith is walking on stage and bitch laps him in a way I have never seen. It was like a Batman cartoon. Yes, it literally is that meme of Batman smacking Robin. Mm -hmm. It was a hell of a smack and Chris Rock just kind of like didn't even almost look like it hurt him. He didn't even look affected. Well, here's the thing. I think Chris Rock has been hit before. I would say so. You don't have a mouth like that and you haven't gotten hit before. Right. You're going to talk a lot of shit about people. It's bound to happen at some point. So get ready, Carrie. You and I are next. I know. Just don't get my new nose, guys. He's like kind of stands there and then he's like, Will Smith just slapped the shit out of me. Yeah. And the audience is laughing. I think everyone was just like, the fuck is happening? I love those reaction like Lupita and Meryl Streep and then Nicole Kidman with her mouth like so open that she could catch a fly. Nicole Kidman was me in reaction and then Lupita just sitting there just taking in all the drama was also me. I was just like, huh? And then Ryan Gosling was just laughing. Ryan Gosling was there? Yeah. There's a meme of him and he's just like cracking up. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh my God. Well, Will Smith starts screaming, keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. Holy shit. He is nominated for Best Actor. He then goes, wins his Best Actor nomination. And let me tell you, I do not think anything that happened was appropriate and we'll go into that. But he did almost everything he could have done. He did the most. I always like reference David Letterman and how he handled his cheating scandal as like the greatest handling of bad PR ever. And this is very close. What he was missing is he didn't apologize to Chris Rock. I think it's because he's not sorry. Absolutely. I also think it was toxic. I think it was absolutely embarrassing. And my heart is also broken for him, for this man who has been working towards the greatest public achievement in what he does, a recognition in what he does for decades. And that is the night he finally wins it moments after he publicly 
humiliated himself. It was the greatest moment in television history. As a viewer, I was so torn. Now, what I want to say is, because I know you guys all care about my opinion. I'm laughing because no one does. I think it is horrible what he did. When you have so much power, you have so much responsibility. It was such an abuse of privilege what happened on that stage. It's really sad. My heart is really actually broken for Will Smith because A, I feel like his mother, I'm disappointed, and B, how do you dirty this moment for yourself and you can't blame anyone but yourself? On his deathbed, that's got to be his greatest regret. I don't know. Here's my take. From listening to Celebrity Memoir Book Club, where they read biographies and autobiographies and they tell them back to you, I have some information on Will Smith. They did his reading of his autobiography. Okay. And it's very apparent that... He is kind of a megalomaniac. Yes. And he says that he has anger issues and that he switches back and forth. He has no middle. He's either raging, angry, terrible, or like overly practiced. Yeah. Right? And I think we saw the fissure on stage. And I think part of that fissure is because him and Jada's relationship has come on attack and has been, you know, they have an open relationship. There's a theory that Jada has slept with Chris Rock and there's previous like beef about with them. But also, let's just just look at some of the facts here. Fact one, his kids have tried to emancipate themselves and they have come out. Really? Yeah, they're emancipated. They have come out. The Smith children? Yes. I didn't know that. They also are former Scientologists. I'm going to that next. Willow said that she first wanted to become emancipated because her dad was pushing her too hard with her music career and she didn't want to do it anymore. She felt like she was mentally not able to do it anymore. Huh. And her dad was like, no, you have to finish. And she was like, you cannot control my career. I'm emancipating myself. I'm doing this for my mental health. And then his son, same thing. His son didn't really want to do any movies anymore. Which one, Jaden or the older son? No, the older one he has off and on relationship with because okay. it's from his first wife. And then Jaden developed like an eating disorder. And is also emancipated. So if your kids are not wanting to be around you, there's probably a reason why. Kids don't usually just randomly emancipate themselves. There's usually a reason. A good reason why. And then they're all Scientologists. Former. Former. From my understanding. They might still be. So there's a good reputation in Scientology of keeping things under quiet wraps. So Yes. Which I also suspect is why Travolta wasn't so disappointed to be giving him that award on that stage. Right. But also why we don't hear more about the kids wanting to be emancipated. Yeah. And then also Jada has had a lot of problems with his temper. It's out in the book and how everything has to be about him. And Jada got like a huge opportunity to do a film after she had not worked in a little while to take care of the kids. And then Will superseded her and got the kid the job on the Karate Kid movie. And then they have an agreement that both parents won't work. And then so she had to turn down a major job that was going to be her foray after having these children and raising them. And he basically was like, our son is more important than your career. (gasps) I mean, shitty stuff. And it's in his book. So it's coming from him. It's not like someone else isn't saying it. He's such a megalomaniac. He doesn't understand how that can be read as being horrible. Yeah. And then the other thing I just want to say is that Tiffany Haddish from her celebrity memoir talks about how she loves Jada. Jada and Will have tried to help her in her career, especially after she blew up on Girls Trip, but how out of touch they are. Yeah. How just completely out of touch that they are. And she goes on and on and tells this hysterical story about them being in New Orleans for Girls Trip and her trying to 
take Jada and Will out, like to thank them and how crazy and out of touch. Oh, I heard that story. I feel like she talked about that when she was doing press for that book because I know that story. Yeah. And so I think we have a situation where two people have been in the Hollywood system limelight for yeah. so long that they don't understand how to act because there's a different set of rules for rich people. Yes. And I also think that Will is in some way abusive to Jada and his memoir kind of shows that, right? 100%. With making her less important and all that other kind of stuff. And so similar to the Kanye West thing, I think that we're learning that people can be great actors, great musicians, and also be troubled, emotionally disordered yes. people. In fact, they often are. Right. And we can't just be like, oh, but they're geniuses. Right. I have had so many conversations with friends lately who are like defending Kanye. I was like, listen, I'm not saying Kanye isn't a genius, but I'm saying he's an abuser. Right. One has nothing to do with the other. And we can't enable yes. him to continue to abuse Kim and her kids. And I'm not saying that she's not guilty of something either. I'm just saying like that kind of like abuse that we can see, they're not even trying to cover up. We have to call it out. And also we need to put something into perspective because you're the second person I've heard today who was like, well, you know, their relationship coming to light. Let's make something very clear. Them having an open relationship is about as well known in Hollywood as what Bill Cosby was doing. We all knew anyone who had any kind of ear to the ground in Hollywood had heard about Cosby. We didn't know the horribleness of it and how truly terrible it was, but we had all heard the rumors. And the same is very much true of Will and Jada. We have heard that they have had an open marriage for years. And they've thought about divorcing and living separately. And and they've been pretty, I mean, those red table talks are like really open about all of this. Very vulnerable, very open. So to hear people use that as a defense, I don't think that's it. Well, no, an open relationships don't mean abuse. Of course not. No, no matter what's happening in a relationship, it shouldn't mean abuse. Right. That's not what I'm saying. It was just such a move of privilege and an abuse of power. And listen, I appreciate him sticking up for his wife. I appreciate that. But there's a better way to do it. That was not it. And I also think had it been somebody else, and I was talking to Ezra, friend of the show on Instagram today, and he was saying, can you imagine if Sidney Poitier had done that? Can you imagine if it wasn't Chris Rock that he smacked, if it was Regina Hall? Because Regina Hall made a joke about their open marriage. It could have been so much worse. And honestly, that's fucked up. Look, by the time this airs, he may have had his Oscar taken back. I started to see some talks about they might be taken. That would really be a shame. It would be truly. I mean, I'm not defending him, but like, what a shame. No, that's what I'm saying. My heart breaks for him. Like he, in the most public forum, allowed his feelings, whether they're based in reality, whether he's a megalomaniac, whether whatever it is, he let his feelings get the best of him, took his position of power and completely took advantage of a situation and acted horribly inappropriately. And it's really sad. And also like twofold thing. I mean, he was a rapper who then tried to be a TV actor and was, and then has worked really hard to be legit as a film actor. Yes. And he is an incredible actor. That's a big deal. Yep. The second thing is, I also feel bad for Jada because she didn't do anything. Like she wasn't like, go up and hit him. Well, we don't know that. I don't assume that to be the case. But also it made her look bad too, because she's married to him. It took away from the fact that she's a stunningly ageless woman who looked like yep. amazing. Who pulls off her alopecia bald head like nobody I've ever seen? She is gorgeous. She is one of the most beautiful women. And her mother also looks like her sister. They have like the best gene line. Oh my God. Her mother's fantastically beautiful, that woman. And Jada is an amazing actress in her own right, too. Yes. I hope to age like Jada's mother. <laughs> Other highlights. Megan the Stallion doing the Encanto remix. Fire. I didn't see that part because like I said, I was watching Scream. It was fire. It was 
was so good. Can we talk best dressed? Sure. I'm really late to this party, but Zendaya, hot damn. That girl can do no wrong in my book. The Oscar look of the dress, the white blouse yep. with the sequin skirt. Even her second look was oh, good. And the Vanity Fair suit with the shoulders, amazing. She also seems like a classy broad. She seems incredibly classy. Well, remember that time that she went to the Oscars and she was being interviewed on the red carpet by Juliana Rancic. She had a head of dreads. Oh, right. And Juliana Rancic said something like, it looks like she smells because of her dreads. And you know what? She handled that with class. Yeah, she's a classy girl. Like truly. And she was a very young girl at that yep. point. And I love her relationship with Tom Holland. So cute. Yes. So cute. All of the hype is warranted about that girl. She's yes. a fantastic actress. I'm tired of who's the boy that everybody loves that hosted. Timothy Chalamet. I'm tired of that look, Timothy. I'm so tired. And everyone's like, we've never seen him do it. Yes, we have. He does Alexander Wang black leather yes. shirtless all the time. Yes. Like I'm done with that look. Like mix it up. I need somebody to give me a concrete reason why we love Timothy Chalamet because yeah. I do not love Timothy Chalamet. I don't get I it. I think he's a very good actor, but I think he thinks he's a better actor than the public thinks. And also, I want to just see him do something like a classic look. We get it. You're edgy. We get it. You're metro. I don't know. I'm not into him. And I also, like, he's a fine actor. I haven't seen anything that blows me away. Oh, wait, I didn't see Call Me By Your Name. He's in that, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, I never saw that, so maybe I'm wrong there. He's a very good actor, I have to say. He definitely sleeps with all your girlfriends. Maybe boyfriends, too. He's just like epitome kid who went to LaGuardia for me. You know, yeah. like the mm -hmm. performing arts fame school. Jessica Chastain, people are loving her dress. It wasn't for me. I didn't like the dress. I liked the second dress better than the first dress, but yeah. I still didn't love it. The like yeah. rose gold boobs, it was too much for me. No, it was too much. Dakota Fanning, who I don't usually love, I liked that dress. It was marabou feathers everywhere, very old Hollywood. Dakota Johnson is who you're talking about. Dakota Johnson, that's yes. what I meant, yeah. Julia Fox at the Vanity Fair party. Terrible. I just, you know I try to go to bat for her. What? First of all, the two tattoos on the shoulder, the weird eye makeup, she just looks busted. The neckline that's like choking her. She looks cheesy yes. and busted. She looks like she has not an ounce of class in her. I wish that she did that with the Kanye thing, and then after the Kanye thing, she became yes. a whole other look. That would have been a better storyline. Yes, she needed a whole switcheroo of like change the vibe. Now you like Zoe Kravitz. I actually did not like this look for Zoe Kravitz. Oh, I love I just thought she looked so beautiful and elegant and so Audrey Hepburn. I do think she's had too much filler. I do sometimes think she looks unhealthy. Like thin-wise? Thin, but also like her skin color looks kind of unhealthy. Oh. The same thing I feel about Angelina Jolie sometimes. It's just well, like yeah. I like that she was doing the total throwback Audrey Hepburn, but then like I don't no, I needed her to have more makeup on or something. She looked like she was kind of put together, but not all the way put together. I didn't think so. That's how I felt. I do think she needs to chill on the filler. It's too much. It's yeah. like her face is suddenly carved out of stone and it is gorgeous, but she was gorgeous without all that and she didn't need to do all that shit to her face. Correct. Nicole Kidman's dress, one of my absolute favorites. I love yeah, that dress. Beautiful. And you know, not the biggest Nicole Kidman fan, but she looked beautiful. I love Kate Beckinsale's dress, but she got new teeth and it looks weird. She she always has new something. Sydney Sweeney. I love Sydney Sweeney, but that dress made her look like an old pageant whore. Yes. She looks a little bit like a grown-up toddler and tiara situation. It was not the best choice. Yeah, that was not a youthful situation. No. Jacob Elordi. Woo! I wish I didn't hate Nate Jacobson so much, but God, is he a handsome man. Also, Sean Mendez. Oh, he's beautiful. He is so beautiful, that boy. Okay, can I talk for a minute about Joe Jonas? I hated the look. I loved his wife's look. Yes. I love them together. I think they're 
are cute as hell. Yeah, I think they make a lot of sense. However, his suit is like rhinestoned and then black and the contrast made his arm look like a little arm with little fingers. He also like Manscaped wore a woman's diamond choker, definitely had guy liner on and his nails were like painted black and maybe I'm just old. I'm like, this is not an attractive look. What did you think about Kristen Stewart's custom Chanel tuxedo short suit? I didn't like that look. I liked her second look. I liked her second look. I wish it had been either a skirt or pants. I'm sorry. And again, call us old if you must. I just thought it wasn't appropriate for the fucking Oscars. You got nominated for, did she win? I turned it off after Will Smith. I don't think so. Okay. There is a level of appropriateness for certain things. Her second look was appropriate. I liked the second look. Totally. And she looked beautiful. She's gorgeous. She really is a gorgeous, gorgeous girl. I wonder if friend of the pod did her makeup. I don't think Bo did her makeup. Well, Sarah Paulson is now the poor man's Meryl Streep or the poor man's Diane Keaton but Diane Keaton usually looks kind of more put together like this look the gloves the weird right hair the feathers the overskirt it was a lot it was too much Sarah Paulson so Bo did Natalie Emanuel's makeup okay. for the Oscars Mindy Kaling and BJ Novak BJ Novak looks like a tiny mistressed troll person but he is was that a public admission that they're dating that's his baby is that what that was because I hope it is I liked her dress it gave me like sorry meets warrior goddess. It was reminiscent of that leather dress and Daya wore that was like custom made for her body. Mindy Kaling looked great. BJ Novak looked sloppy, but I hope that that's a public admission. Like, please. BJ Novak was, I thought, rumored to be dating Kieran Shipka, which is weird because he's like nearly 40 and I think she's like 25. And literally we watched her grow up. What's surprising about that in Hollywood? I know. Jeff Goldblum never disappoints. Never, never sad. Pretty print princess. He's got like 14 prints on. And he pulls it off beautifully, remarkably. Always. I love me some Jeff Goldblum. Jeff Goldblum. Kira Sedgwick, gorgeous. I'll have what she's having. She's another one aging beautifully. Like, ridiculous. Her whole look. Never understood why people thought Kevin Bacon was so hot, but Kira Sedgwick, I think she's the looks in the relationship, personally. Juliana Huff, I'm so tired of her. I do not like her. She recently got some facelift or something because her eyes look crazy. I think she had really dark eyebrows, but also, there's this guy on TikTok who did a really weird deep dive into her dogs dying. It was kind of an anticlimactic deep dive, but essentially, what it was, and I wish I could give him credit. I wasn't planning on talking about this. Remember she was married to that guy, Lark? I don't know. He's some like real German name. I think he's a hockey player. So she was married to him and like they had talked about their marriage having issues and being in marriage counseling and at some point in all that, she had two dogs that I guess were attacked by coyotes in LA. Some inside source from the pet hospital is a friend of this guy's and said that she and her friends asked for like a moment of silence and went into the room and started like chanting and like they had cameras in the room they could see them like chanting and dancing around the like near death dogs that had to be put down just that it was the weirdest fucking thing also he told this in like three parts which was completely unnecessary yeah she's a looney tune that one I think Sophia Coppola's dress is my I'm sure it's Marc Jacobs because they're best friends and it looks like a very Marc Jacobs kind of thing that is like my dream dress I love that dress I thought it was okay it was pretty it's a very Carrie dress I feel like the Nicole Kidman one was the most my oh you know what we haven't talked about oh Katie Holmes needs to eat a sandwich. She's starting to look like a haunted doll. I could not disagree with you more. Katie Holmes looks fucking amazing. She looked stunning. Judith Light, inspiration for my Monstera plant. Gorgeous. Timeless. And I am currently watching Impeachment. She is the best part of Impeachment and she looked so stunning. Incredible. Rosaria Dawson looks like Cory Booker dressed her, which is not a compliment. I don't think they're together anymore. Oh, really? Yeah. Amanda Pete, love her. Hate that look. Hate that look. It was too sloppy. You know, we didn't talk about 
about Rita Moreno, who looked fabulous, stunning. So did Joan Collins looked good too. She looked amazing. Liza, I know, and I love that Gaga came out in the pantsuit, the pant tuxedo. That was Gaga. Yes, we need to talk about Courtney and Travis and the fact that every single photo op from the red carpet from the Oscars was Our them tongues. touching tongues. Gross. Do less. Do less. I just need them to go the fuck away. I am so grossed out by them. Also, could he eat higher fat vegan food? Because brother looks like Moby now. The whole thing. The whole thing is so, oh, it's so not good. All right, let's move on. Okay. Hashtag swag bag. Okay, guys, so someone reached out to us about a new brand of tequila called Inspiro Tequila. And in true momtrage fashion, we were like, yes, we would love to try your tequila. And we will talk about it if we liked it. And let me tell you. And we will continue to drink it. Yes. It was so good. I'm almost done with my bottle, which is like. It's very smooth. It's very smooth. It's a woman-owned and operated brand that aims to redefine what it means to enjoy tequila. It's super smooth. It's super sippable. If you just want to, like, sip neat tequila. That's not my personal choice of how to drink it, but it is very good. It is 100% blue agave, which is what I always look for in a tequila. It met all my requirements. It's gluten-free. It has zero carbs or sugar. It wasn't made by a Jenner. It was not made by a Jenner. In fact, it's made by Mara Smith. Her whole mission is to give back to other female founders. So it is just a really great product. The bottle looks really nice on my bar. Do good while feeling good. I mean, we need more alcoholic beverages that I can drink and purchase that mean that while I'm feeling good, I'm giving back somehow. That's right. Anyway, you can find out more at InspiroTequila.com. It retails for about $52. And honestly, I think it's worth it. It's really, really good. And it's a big ass bottle too. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful packaging. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, we have to interview Jim Carrey. Guys, we just talked to Jim Carrey. Did all our dreams come true? I don't know. Is this the Truman Show? Is this real? life. We love the whole thing. James Marsden, do the right thing. Be with Ashley and I. Yeah. James Marsden, just give us each a night. That's it. Just one. that's it. Anyway, see you next week, guys. Bye. Okay, that's our show today, folks. Thank you so much for giving us a listen. Please do not forget to rate, review, and subscribe or follow. We are out here on our own, and these things really, really matter. We want to hear from you. Tell us what you want to hear. Email us at hello at momtouragepodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, all at Momtourage Podcast to hang out with us all week long. We are here for you. You are not alone. We got you. So go ahead, girl. Know this posse is behind you and go slay. Momtourage is a Cafe Mom podcast written and produced by Ashley Heron-Smith and Carrie Sotero. Recorded and mixed by Lee Mars. Our theme song, MILF, is by the band Mama Drama. You can find them on Instagram at Mama Drama Band or MamaDramaBand.com. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.